The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Take your Bibles this morning and go to Ephesians chapter number 5. We're looking at learning and living our eternal destiny in Christ. Ephesians 5, picking up where we left off, verse 21. Would you read verse 21 with me, church? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Read it one more time with me. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so that the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies, He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless... Let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers. Read verse 6 with me. Not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free, And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Uh, I want to pick up just, again, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I don't know about you, but as we went through, moved through this text, there's some hard words. There's some hard words. I mean, think about these words. I want to just kind of through the text look at some of these words. Submitting, submit. Subjection, subject, servants, uh, serve, uh, so sacrifice, these are hard words. These are not easy words for us to stomach, easy words for us to swallow. Sacrifice is not an easy thing. Submission is not an easy thing. Subjection is not an easy thing. These are things that God has called every believer to. But can I tell you this? Without Christ, these are impossible things. But with Christ, these are light things. These are light things. These are what Paul calls reasonable things. Uh, These are what the Word of God refers to us as just normal things. Things that are normal to the Christian life are abnormal to the world. How many have figured that out? Things that are ordinary to the Christian life are, 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 are necessary components of the Christian life are things that are foreign to those that don't know Christ. And what is hard to the world is easy to the believer in Christ or light to the believer in Christ. You you see the ease for which Paul refers to himself as a bond slave of Jesus Christ, as a servant of Jesus Christ. I mean, we live in a world that says, subject yourself to no one, submit yourself to no one, come under no one's authority. As a matter of fact, we live in a world that says, question all authority, reject all authority, rebel against all authority, rise up above all authority. In the name of equality, uh, you can do whatever you want. But can I say this this morning, in God's economy, it's not so. In God's economy, it's a different thing. And, And while I understand that submission 
is not a popular topic. I want to say this morning, it is not an old-fashioned topic. It is a Bible topic. It's not something that's out of trend in a sense of that, uh, you know, this is something that they used to do. This is something that was, you know, old-fashioned. It is not a cultural thing. It is a spiritual thing. It is something that we need uh, in our lives. And while we find ourselves in the culture that is thinking itself to be above submission, that thinks that submission is not necessary to life, God has ordered His creation in such a way that He wants to show us that harmony can enter into our relationships through the order that God has placed in every relationship He's created. How many know that God is the creator of all things? That everything that is made was made by Him, was made for Him, was made for His glory. And God, the creator of all things, understands the order Uh, He understands what brings harmony to his creation. And how many know that the devil is opposed to all of that? He is anti all of that. He he is uh, the spirit that worketh, the Bible says, in the children of disobedience. Uh, We used to be children of disobedience, but now we are children of obedience. And obedience is a hard thing, isn't it? And obedience is a difficult thing. And obedience is an impossible thing to those that are not in Christ. But to those who are filled with the Spirit, it's a normal thing. It's a natural thing. It's a good thing. Uh, I want you to look at verse 21. He says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Let me give you a couple of statements, and then I'll get to the points that are in your uh, worship guide this morning, right in the center section. If that could be a help to you, uh, we're going to go through uh, the sermon today together. But uh, let me give you a couple of statements. Number one, every child of God is called to submission. Every child of God is called to submission. So every believer is called to submit. And all of us have the highest authority being God in our lives. How many know that? God is our authority. God is not somebody who uh, we just kind of serve when we want to or, or, or allow to have some say in our lives or some say in part of our lives. How many know that God wants preeminence in our life? That in all things He might have the preeminence that God wants complete control because God is sovereign. God is over all things, and God created all things. And and by the way, the the purpose of our lives is to bring honor and glory to God. The purpose of your life is not to serve yourself. The purpose of your life is not to advance yourself. The purpose of our lives is to bring glory to God, to do His will. That's the purpose of our life. How many know that the devil supplanted that purpose? He deceived in the beginning And he said, hey, listen, if you do what God wants you to do, he's going to keep you down. He's going to keep you, uh, um, you know, in a place where you don't have knowledge, where you don't have understanding. Hey, you could be like God if you rebel against God. How many know that that was a terrible lie that they believed? That Eve was deceived, the Bible says there in that passage of Scripture, because she believed the lie. How many know that she was already like God? She was already like God. God had made her in his image. And in his likeness, she was already like God. God had made her that way. And notice she had no guilt. She had no fear. She had no shame. But what happened when she gave in to the deception the devil offered? When she thought herself not to have to be in submission either to her husband or to her God. When she, when she put herself in that role, in that position, what happened? Well, she didn't become like God. She became like the devil. Isn't that what the devil did? He rebelled against God. He said, I'm going to be like the most high God. I'm going to send. And what was he? He was cast out. And like Satan, Adam and Eve were cast out, weren't they? Cast out of the garden, uh, separated from God. And how many are glad that God had an eternal plan before they sinned, before any of that took place, to send his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the world to reconcile mankind to himself? I'm glad for that this morning. God didn't go, oh no. Uh, God didn't, wasn't surprised. God didn't uh, say, now I need to come up with a plan. God already had a plan for us. And the plan uh, to get to God or to reconcile ourselves to God, we could never reconcile ourselves, but God reconciled us to him through Christ, didn't he? The Lord Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross. And the, the first thing I want to look at this morning, because before we move any further on the subject of submission... You will, you will stumble through all of Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6 if you don't get submission right. Because all of Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6 is coming from the, pre, the, the, the understanding that 
All of us have understood we need to be filled with the Spirit and we need to be submitted to God. Because if I'm not filled with the Spirit and I'm not submitted to God, I cannot do any of these things that it's asking me to do. We can't do it in our own power. We can't do it in our own understanding. We can't do it in our own strength. But before we move any further, I want to look at, number one this morning, the example of biblical submission. The example of biblical submission. Go to Luke chapter 22 with me in your Bibles. Just turn quickly uh, back to the gospel of Luke. Uh, Turn left in your Bible from Ephesians, about the center there, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke. Uh, If not, you just type it in that app, right, and then it just brings you there, all right? But uh, if you want to get to know the order of the Bible, sometimes it's good to have a physical Bible there. You can go back to Luke chapter number 22, and by the way, I'm not against it. Get get to the Bible however you're going to get to the Bible this morning. Luke 22, just do me a favor. Uh, no play, don't play Candy Crush in the, in, the, in, the, in the beginnings of whatever. Is that still a game? I don't even know, all right? Uh, Luke chapter 22 and, and verse number 24. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest? This is the disciples. The disciples are fighting amongst themselves. And I know that God's children never fight among themselves, <laughs> That the church, we never have disagreements that, we, you know, we all come together. I mean, look at us. I mean, look at us. I mean, we're just in complete agreement, unity. None of us would ever disagree with each other or think bad of each other. We would never think more highly of ourselves than we should. Okay, so we understand. That's, we have the ability to have strife, right? Only by pride comes contention. We're supposed to lay aside all malice and strife and be kind to each other. But notice, these disciples... There was a strife among them. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? And he, Jesus, said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors, but ye shall not be so. What is he establishing here? That his submission is not the world's submission. That his order is not the world's order. That his example is not the example they've seen in the world, but it's a different example. That biblical authority and biblical submission is not something we learn from the world, but something we learn from God. Something we learn from Christ and from His Word and from His Spirit. Notice he's teaching them, verse 26, But ye shall not be so, but he that is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that does serve. For whether is, uh, for whether is greater he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, It's not he that sitteth at me, but I am among you as he that serveth. Wow. That's amazing. Jesus Christ, our example, what was he saying? Hey, if you're going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, you become the servant of all. You become the least. And you know what Jesus did after this? He washed their feet. Anybody want to sign up for the foot washing ministry? We were talking about the ministry involvement. You might put on that survey, I'm really good at foot washing. How many struggle? We talked about this in Sunday school with washing your own feet, let alone washing someone else's feet. You know, you want to wash someone else's feet. I mean, Jesus, the one who without him was not anything made that was made. The word made flesh. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Notice Jesus, the example of biblical uh, submission Uh, Number one, bends the lowest. He bends the lowest. He's washing the feet. He's saying, hey, listen, uh, if we understand biblical submission, uh, when we're under submission, humility is involved. When we're under submission, spirit-filledness is involved. When we're under submission, it's not what we've learned from the world. It's what we learn from Christ. It's what we learn from the Spirit of Christ, from the Word of God. When I'm Showing that example of biblical submission, I'm bending the lowest. They say the the branch on the tree that bears the most fruit bends the lowest to the ground. You think about that. Before we're able to serve, we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to submit ourselves. We've got to yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness to God, the Bible says. Yielding to the Holy Spirit of God is necessary to any growth in the Christian life. Here's the truth. We won't mature. We won't grow until we learn submission. I mean, I know that's true in life. When, if you've uh, been a child or ra- are raising children, you understand that in order for children to grow, they need to understand submission. They will never grow trying to throw off their parents' authority. They grow when they yield themselves, when they come under and understand the reason, the protective reason for the order that God has placed in the home with parents. 
And notice he's saying, hey, listen, when you're, the, when you're the example of submission, you're bending to the ground, you're humble. Notice Christ was humble. Notice not only uh, does he bend the lowest, but he builds the highest. What does submission do, biblical submission? Well, it sanctifies, it builds, and it edifies. You know what it does in the church? It's when we come together and we say, by love we can serve one another, submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. When we're able to be all submitted to God, we're able all be to submitted to His Spirit, we come underneath His leadership, you know what we can then do? Serve each other. We can submit to the authorities that God places within the church, within the home, within the world. We can submit and we can bring harmony instead of disunity and division. Who's the sower of discord? Satan. Who's, who's the accuser of the brethren? Who's the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, divide, conquer, bring destruction to? Satan. What does God do? He brings unity to us. And what do we do as this church? We endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, not our unity, not the one we created, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So notice the example of biblical submission. It bends the lowest. It builds the highest. You can do more in building people up by learning submission. When I submit to the leadership of God, I'm able to build people, build people higher than I could build them without God. I'm able to help people. So many people think that, according to what the uh, disciples' thinking was, they were looking at the Pharisees, they were looking at the benefactors, they were looking at those that used their authority to build themselves up, but Christ used His authority to build other people up. How many know that is biblical leadership? That's servant leadership. When I can use the authority that God gives me to build other people up, then I understand that that's biblical submission, biblical leadership and authority. It bends the lowest. It builds the highest. It bears the deepest. Think about Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Think about the example of Jesus Christ. The example of Jesus Christ, you look at Jesus, we have that kind of summation of the Lord Jesus Christ in the garden. And what does he say? What is that final declaration in prayer in the garden of Gethsemane? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus Christ in his uh, worst circumstance, in his hardest situation, this is how we know that biblical submission is not circumstantial. Biblical submission does not depend on whether my circumstances further me. Biblical submission is understanding that self-sacrifice may be involved, but I'm willing to sacrifice myself because in sacrifice of self and coming under the leadership of the Lord, I understand that blessing happens. Hey, salvation was about to happen, wasn't it? The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself. Think about what Jesus did for you and for me. But he had to submit himself. He had to surrender himself. Here's the truth. You and I will never in the church be able to effectively serve each other unless we learn submission first. We will never be able to help each other. We will never be able to build each other up, exhort each other. Why? Because we're thinking too highly of ourselves than we ought to think. We're not thinking soberly. Only by pride comes contention. You know what uh, comes when we put ourselves lower? When we surrender, when we submit, hey, listen, unity. Unity is kept. Unity begins to flourish. We understand, hey, do we understand this morning that we didn't come together for our own agendas? We didn't come together for our own rituals. We didn't come together for our own traditions. We didn't come together for our own preferences. We came together for the Lord Jesus Christ today that his word and will would have its way in all of our hearts. You're never going to get much from the preaching of God's word until you put yourself in submission underneath God's word. You know what a critic of God's word does? He puts himself above God's word. He says, I'm, I'm able to critique what God's word says. And listen, how many know that submission is putting myself in a position that where I understand when the person I'm supposed to submit to, I disagree with, I give up. I don't just... Uh, submit to the people I enjoy to submit to. The people, um, there was a YouTube video that was popular, and you can go and look it up if you want to later. I was tempted to show up, but I thought I would never get you back after I showed it to you. And it's a little boy, and his, the little boy is sitting there, and, and my kids love this one. They, you know, we played this one a few times, but it's a, it's a great example of someone who doesn't understand submission, and that is a two-year-old. How many know that two-year-olds don't understand submission? Not at all. 
they think you're there to submit to their bidding, all right, all the time. And this little boy is sitting there, and he's telling his mother that he loves her, not all the time, but only when she gives him cookies. He says, I love you. Now, I don't love you all the time. I love you when you give me cookies. I I love you when you give me what I want. Help me understand, while that's chuckling, that is humorous, out of the mouth of a two-year-old, it is It is terrible when it comes out of our mouths. I love you. I'll serve you when you do for me. When you give me my desires, when you're in agreement with me, hey, listen, how many know a two-year-old, in order to be in agreement with a two-year-old, you have to serve them cookies for every meal. That's their desire. That's what they want. But that's not a good, a person who's, who's wanting to protect, a person who's wanting to bring maturity, a person who's wanting to bring healthy growth to someone who's small and can't make those decisions for themselves, doesn't give in to that person. They protect that person by doing better for that person than they would do for themselves. You know, Jesus was that example to us. We were not able to do for ourselves. We are not able to save ourselves. We are not able to reconcile ourselves to God. We are not able through good works to work our way to God or to get our way to God. How many know that salvation is by grace through faith and that not of ourselves? It is a gift of God, not of works. This church can't reconcile you to God. Your good works can't reconcile you to God. I can't reconcile you to God. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can reconcile you to God. Only his sacrifice, only faith in what he has done can bring justification to your life, can save you from the wrath that works on the children of disobedience. Hey, the example of biblical submission bears the deepest. Hey, this high priest is touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. Aren't you glad that Jesus cares for you today? That he loves you today? That he is that great example of leadership but also submission to us. Think about the example of biblical submission. Number two, as we move forward, think about the energy of biblical submission, the energy of biblical submission. In other words, how do we do this? Where is the power to submit? Where is the power? Where does it come from to obey? I would call you back to our text as we work our way through the text. Ephesians 5, look at it with me. Verse number 18, don't just take my word for it. Look at the text. Look at what God's word says. And be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. How I know that all of us as believers are called to be filled with God's Spirit, and so therefore we're called to submit to His leadership. We talked a little bit about, Pastor Justin preached a message on walking in the Spirit And he talked about his last point was submitting ourselves in the fear of God, submitting ourselves, submission, giving up my position, bending down, uh, giving into the one that God has placed over me. Submission, submitting ourselves one to another. Notice submitting not just by being filled with the Spirit, but submitting because I'm fearing the Lord. Look at verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another. What's that last phrase? In the fear of God. Uh, I, I gave this example this morning in, in the Sunday school classes. We worked uh, through this text in the Bible study, uh, but I want to use it again. And here, here, let me just kind of use it this way, and I'll step to the side because I'm not sure if I can refer to uh, this behind the pulpit. All right, I'm just kidding, all right? Uh, but uh, what I wanted to talk about, you ever, anybody know anything about uh, those, those fighters that have to cause someone to tap out? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you into that MMA fighting and all that kind of stuff. And if that, that's offensive to you, don't watch it, all right? But I'm just saying, uh, you, you're familiar with the, the wrestler who has to get the other person to surrender and submit, right? And so submission, they, they put them in a submission hold, right? And so to put them in that submission hold, uh, the point of that is to cause such pain in that person's life that they give in, right? They say, I surrender, I tap out, uh, I'll give in to you. Now, how long does that submission last? You ever see the guy pop up after the thing and want to, you know, go again, you know, even after he, uh, he's, not, he's not really truly submitted to that other person. As long as the person has the hold on them, as long as the person is bringing the pain to them, as long as the person is, 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 is keeping their will, if you would, in check, and in overpowering them, You know, that's the fear of man, isn't it? The fear of man brings a snare, the Bible says. 
God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Think about this. Fear, the Bible says, has torment. You know when you know you're submitting to God or submitting in the fear of man or in the fear of God? If it's the fear of man, you only submit when that person is around to keep you in the hold of submission. You with me? You only submit when the person is present, when the person is there to make sure to keep you in check. Uh, Listen, when is God not present? He's ever present in our lives. But sometimes we view submission uh, very much the other way. Uh, Until that person overpowers me, I'm just going to keep going my way. Until that person physically accosts me and stops me and brings me uh, to submission. And you you cannot argue someone into submission. Not true submission. Not biblical submission. Submission is yielding yourself voluntarily. In other words, I'm not under duress. I'm not in pain. I'm not being forced into. You know what biblical submission is? Choosing it. Choosing it. When I choose it because I understand it's right... When I choose it because I understand the filling of the Holy Spirit is leading me, the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God is commanding me, now I don't need the duress. Now I don't need the presence of the person that I'm afraid of to keep me doing right. Are you with me? How many know that uh, you have children that sometimes or most of the time need your presence in order for them to be submissive? How many know that that's not maturity? Maturity is when your presence is gone and they continue to do what's right without your presence. You know what that is? The choice of submission. I'm not under duress. I'm not in any fear. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not thinking, what if they see? What if they find out? As a matter of fact, I don't need the presence of any person physically to keep me in submission. I have yielded myself. I have chosen this. I understand that it's right and it's good. And now I can grow and I can build. That's biblical submission. The example of Christ is that kind of submission. The energy of biblical submission is filled with the Spirit, fearing the Lord, not fearing man. You know how many people only do what's right because they're afraid of their pastor, they're afraid of other people in their church, they're afraid of their parents, they're afraid of their husband, they're afraid of whatever authority, they're afraid of the government, they're afraid, and so they only do what's right. How many know that that is what the world does They have to be brought under. They have to be broken. But you know what God's people do? We walk in submission and we choose it. We say it's right. It's good. It's what I need. It's what I, it's the tool in order to serve the Lord. I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm fearing the Lord. But notice this I'm fixed on Jesus. I am fixed on Jesus. Uh, uh, I want to call you to Philippians 2. Go to Philippians 2 just quickly, uh, and uh, we'll uh, finish up this morning. But I I want you to look at Philippians chapter 2 with me. Philippians 2. Everybody awake? You all good? All right, Philippians chapter 2. Look at verse number 1. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit... If any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let me ask you a question. Can we be like-minded, having the same love? Can we have one accord and one mind without submission? We can't. It's impossible. The thought that we could build ourselves to the point of complete unity and peace. Think about the world. Our world uses the word equality all the time. They don't even understand what that means. Equality means equal in value. That's what equal means, right? Equality means equal in value. How many know that all people that God has created are equal in value to God? Do you believe that this morning? So no matter what gender they are, no matter where they are, and by the way, in the chaotic world that we live in now, where you don't have to have a role, where you don't have to be submissive, 
where you don't have to have leadership, where you don't have to be obedient. Now we don't have two genders. We have literally nine genders that you can choose from now in the world. Does that sound like order to you? Does that sound, does that sound, uh, uh, does that sound like um, confusion, foolishness, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Notice submission, what it does is it helps me to understand that when I put myself under someone's authority, it does not mean that I am lesser in value to them. doesn't mean that. How many know that all of us have the same value in our country, but not all of us are the President of the United States? Do we understand that? Nod your head at least. Tell me you understand that. Or should I start to refer to you as Mr. or Mrs. President? Okay, so we understand that all of us are equal in value, but not all of us are equal in role and in position. How many know that the equal pay in a sense of uh, everybody should get paid the same does not work in the world? doesn't work like that. Uh, in a business meeting, how many know that doesn't work either? Not everybody can be the boss. Not everybody's the CEO. Not everybody's in charge. How many understand that? How many understand when a policeman pulls you over, you're not equal to him in authority in that moment? Let me just help you out because this is how you don't get maced. This, this is how you might actually be able to have a civil conversation without trying to throw your authority in and start naming all your rights. Hey, listen, can I tell you that submission is a key to peace. When we put ourselves under the right authorities, when we understand the authorities that God has placed in our life, when we say, hey, listen, I'm not in authority in this situation. God has called me to submission. It doesn't mean I have less value. It just means that I understand my role and my position. You know what it does? It brings harmony. It brings harmony. You know, it's interesting that God mentions in the chapter, in verses 18, 19, 20, he talks about singing and making what? Melody in your heart. Melody in your heart produces harmony in your life. If you don't have the Holy Spirit making melody in your heart, you're not going to have harmony in your relationships. If you cannot worship the Lord in your heart, you're not going to have harmony in your other relationships. Hey, melody in your heart produces harmony in your relationships. The world, uh, as far as God's world, God's economy, can have harmony It can have order, it can have uh, peace, it can have unity. The church of the living God can have unity because we are making melody in our heart. We're submitted to the Lord, we're filled with His Spirit, and now, hey, listen, harmony has come to our, our relationships. How many want your marriage to be harmonious? How, how, many, how many want your, uh, your relationships to be good, right, orderly, the way that they should be? Again, I'm, I'm telling you, this is not old-fashioned. This is biblical. This is what God is saying. Hey, listen, this is what brings... This is God chose. Notice what he says. Look at this passage again. Philippians chapter 2. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other, what? Better than themselves. Is that a principle we get from the world? Let others be better than you. Regard and esteem people better than yourself. We're in a world where we're always trying to be better than everybody else. God says, let everybody be better than you. Hey, listen, uh, uh, give in. Uh, even those that are mature in, in Christ, the stronger brother, what does he do? He bears the infirmities of the weaker brother. Romans chapter 14, 15. What does he do? The one that has stronger, more mature brother is able to, to give up his liberty so as to not be a stumbling block to his other brother in Christ. I'm able to surrender my rights and my privileges. In other words, I don't use my liberty to serve myself only. I stand fast in a liberty wherein Christ has made me free and I use my liberty to serve other people. And listen, that's what we need more of in our church, in our home, in our country. Those that would use liberty to serve others with liberty. Hey, listen, the... The energy of biblical submission, it's fixed on Jesus. Notice, look at it. 
Let this mind, verse 5, chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you. Uh, What's interesting, verse 5, it says let. You know what that means? Submit to the mindset of Jesus Christ. You have to allow this mindset in. This won't be your natural mindset. You've got to allow this mindset. Let this mind be in you. Going back to the example, the energy comes from the example. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and being found, but made himself of no reputation. Took on the form of, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. You'd think that it would be humility enough for God to make himself a man. You know what the expectations of disciples were? That God would make himself a man that would be king over all men. How do we know that Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords? But here's the truth. The king put, took the form of a servant He not only humbled himself by becoming a man, but he humbled himself by becoming the lowest of men. He humbled himself by making himself of no reputation. Hey, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. All authority Jesus had, all power Jesus had, but all of God's power being in him, he was fully meek, under control, submitted to the will of the Father, obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Wow. I'm going to know that you have to let that mind be in you. You have to let that mind be in you because that's not your natural tendency nor mine. You have to allow that mind to be in you. You have to invite that mind to be in you. You have to say, God, I need this mind in me. God, I desire this mind in me. God, uh, through your spirit, allow me to have this mindset. The energy fixed on Christ Wherefore God has all highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Hey, listen, some people have gone so far as to say Jesus is not the same as God. Jesus is lower than God. Jesus is not equal with God. Hey, this text doesn't say even for a second that Jesus wasn't equal to God, that Jesus wasn't God, that Jesus was lower than God. As a matter of fact, Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. Without him was not anything made that was made. But Jesus chose servanthood for our salvation. The example of biblical submission, the energy of biblical submission, then lastly, and we'll be done this morning. The exercise of biblical submission. So God gives us an example. How many of you have ever tried to do something you never did before? No? You should try that sometime. Try to do something you never did before. How many know in order to do something that you never did before, you need an example? How many know in order to do something you never did before, you need an example and you need energy to do it? Don't show up without energy to do something that you've never done before. How many of you need an example and you need energy? But then also, after you get the example and after you get the energy, the power in order to do it, how many know that the way that you learn to do that is through exercising that, through doing that? You know what God has done for us? He has given us places to exercise biblical submission. He said, here's the example, Jesus Christ. Here's the energy. I've given you the power to do it. So none of us can, here's the opposite of exercise, excuse. So you can either exercise or you can make excuses. I know that that applies to the physical realm as well. You can either exercise or you can make excuses. But if you have an example and you have the energy, you need to exercise or you're just going to spend the rest of your life making excuses. You know what a lot of believers are doing instead of exercising? They're making excuses. God has said, here's the example, Christ. Here's the energy, his spirit. Here's where you exercise. And he begins at verse 22 to tell us where each of us exercise biblical submission. Notice verse 22. He says, wives, go back to Ephesians 5, just one page back from Philippians 2, or two pages if you have that big type, bold type, and you're, and you, and you're um, visually challenged, all right? Ephesians 5, verse 22, wives. So um, let me ask you a question. Who is God addressing? It's pretty easy, right? You're theologians. 
you're able to expound on the truths of God's word here this morning. Who's he addressing? Wives. He's not just throwing out a, a, a role to anybody. He's saying, if you are a wife, and can I help you? That means you're of the female gender, okay? And that means that you are married to a man. You understand? Okay, we don't have to go through all of that, all right? So, so we got pretty much, it's pretty basic. So if you are of the female gender and you are married to a man, this is what he's telling you where to exercise biblical submission. You say, well, I'm not in that role. Then put your fingers in your ears and you don't have to listen to this, all right? He's saying, wives, submit yourselves, but if you're a wife, you can't put your fingers in your ears and you can't ignore this because this is where you exercise biblical submission. This is where you follow the example of Christ and the energy of the Spirit of God. He's saying, wives, submit yourselves unto all men. Now, what does he say? Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. That's it. You say, oh, God's called me to submit myself to all men. No, no, he's already done that. He's called us all to submit ourselves to each other, one another. He's called us to submit in other areas of our lives. And some areas of submission are not gender specific, but this one is. Because he's saying, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. And he's saying, how to do that? What's he saying? As unto the Lord. Does he continue to follow the same thought of verse 21? Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. So he's repeating. He's saying, hey, wives, exercise biblical submission in your relationship with your husband by submitting yourself to your own husband in the fear of the Lord, as unto the Lord. You're serving God. You're following Christ. This is sanctifying. This is the will of God. This is what he wants you to do. This brings harmony to your relationship. Does he call the husband to submission? Yes, he does. What does he say to the husbands? What's he say? Husbands, verse 25, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Let me tell you, husbands, it takes just as much submission to God for you to love your wife as it does for your wife to God for her to love you and submit to you, respect you and follow your leading. Let, her, you, let you be the head. It takes just as much. You know, you know a, a husband who's not full of the spirit, not surrendered, submitted to God, will struggle in loving his wife. You know what he'll do? He won't struggle in loving himself but he will struggle in loving his wife. And notice he doesn't just say, love your wife the way you want to love your wife. He said, love your wife even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How many know that that is a high calling? Love your wife. He says, nourish her. He says, cherish her. He says, respect her. He says, honor her. He says, regard her. He says, render unto her. Benevolence. Love, care, compassion, forgiveness. How many know it takes spirit-filled, biblical submission, husbands to do that? Sometimes we think that, you know, the only person in submission. No. We're not talking about third world countries that uh, put people by their gender under subjection just for the rule of law. We're talking about a God who values all of us, who cares for all of us, but who has created uh, the marriage relationship to depict the relationship between Christ and his church. And how many know that is a very high calling? In other words, we don't enter into a relationship because we are compatible. We don't enter a relationship because it's our soulmate. We don't enter into a relationship because I think that person's going to do for me and love me the way I want. We enter into a relationship because that person and I are fully surrendered, submitted to the will of God. We're submission, we're submitted and filled with the Spirit of God. And we're coming before God and saying, God, we want to, in our relationship, show the world the picture between Christ and his church. That's a high calling. How many know that that is something, if we all understood, would not enter into marriage so lightly, so loosely? The exercise of biblical submission. Notice in the home, wives to husbands. Notice in the church, in the church. Does God call us all to biblical submission in the church? Yes. One, he calls us to biblical submission to those that are pastors and elders and leaders in the church, doesn't he? Nod your head. I'm not trying to be self-serving. I'm trying to be biblical this morning. 
any more than I was trying to be self-serving. Here's the truth. I'm preaching this. My wife's not here today, so she's not, she's not in here to, to hear this. I'm just kidding, all right? I'm just kidding. She's, she's serving somewhere, doing something. But I, I tell you this morning, uh, this is not to be self-serving. Don't think I'm preaching this because I want to be self-serving. This is because this is what God's instructed all of us. Hey, so b- biblical submission is necessary for us to have unity, for us to have peace, for us to be able to, to depict to the world what it means to know Christ, to be an example to the world. And listen, they're not going to understand this. They're not going to get this. This is going to be foreign. But to those that know Christ, this is normal. This is natural. In the church, pastors and leaders, I'm supposed to, hey, surrender, submit myself to those who the Bible says, watch for my soul, who, who God has called to feed the flock, who God has called to provide oversight. People have this attitude that you just come to a church, you just go to the church, and you don't have to surrender, submit to anyone or anything. They don't understand the church. They don't understand why, why God has made things the way that he made them, pastors and leaders, but also mutually to one another. Don't we come to submit ourselves to each other? Hey, it goes back to not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to each esteem other better than themselves. In the church, in the home, wives to husbands. Hey, go back. We read chapter 6. Submission in the home, children to parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for what? This is right. Notice he even says to the children, children as unto the Lord in the fear of God. Submit to your parents. Wow. He's not saying because someone made you tap out, someone grounded you, someone took away your, uh, your privileges, someone is forcing you into submission. Listen, you know how you know you're not mature yet or you're not fully understanding this role yet biblically is someone is always making you do that tap out. They're constantly having to force you into submission. Hey, maturity means I don't have to be forced. I choose it because I know it's right because it's as unto the Lord. It's in the fear of God. In the church, in the home, wives to husbands, children to parents. And then notice lastly, and we're done, in the world. In the world. He continues in chapter 6 and he talks about Servants and masters. This works in the workplace. It works in government. Go back and read Romans 13. Romans chapter 13 tells us we submit and we, we, we render to Caesar, as Jesus said, that which is Caesar's. How many of some Christians don't understand biblical submission when they criticize the office of the president when the person holding the office is someone they disagree with? You with me? God calls us to submit when the person in authority is someone we disagree with just as much as is someone that we agree with. So some Christians thought it was okay for a period of time to criticize the office of the uh, president, to be disrespectful to the president because they, they disagreed with him. But now they might find themselves in a position of agreement and now they think it's okay, I'm being respectful of the office by not, hey, listen, what, what difference between us and the world does that even show? Because the world does that. The world uh, shows respect to offices when those offices are held by people they agree with. But Christians are able to show respect when the people holding the office they disagree with, when the people that hold the office are against them, when the people hold, hey, we're still able to show Christ-like love and respect and get this, what God has called every believer to, to pray for those that are in authority, to pray for those that are in leadership. God help us as believers when we send the message to our kids that you only submit to authority when you agree with it. You with me? Because that's anarchy. That, that, that's not what God's called us to. Hey, listen, you know what we need to do? We need to stop being critical of the authorities that God's placed in our lives. And we need to put ourselves choosing submission. Does that mean we disobey God? No, we ought to obey God rather than man. But it's obedience to God to submit ourselves to those who are in authority. Can I ask you a question today? Who's in control over all things? God is. So to rebel against the authorities that God has set up in my life is to rebel against God, even if those authorities are not perfect. Does God tell us in this passage that the husband is perfect and so the wife should submit to his authority because he's perfect? Does he call us as children, to submit ourselves to our parents when they're perfect, when they do what we want them to do, when they give us cookies, right? 
No. We yield and submit and put ourselves underneath the authorities that God has placed in our life as unto the Lord in the fear of God. It takes the filling of God's Spirit and a fear of God for this exercise to be accomplished. But it's what we need. And we will struggle for the rest of our lives with these, this spirit that works in the children of disobedience. And listen, are you with me? Are we children of disobedience or children of obedience? God has made us children of obedience. Let us go and live this week in obedience to God's word. Let's not just bring ourselves into subjection on Sunday morning. Let's bring ourselves in subjection and submission to God's spirit every moment. That's what we need, isn't it? If you don't know Christ this morning, let me tell you, Jesus was willing to suffer and be a servant and submit and become obedient to the death of the cross so he could save you because he loves you. And ultimately, all of this instruction comes from the one that loves you and wants to bring peace to your life and harmony to your relationships. And I've seen disharmony in marital relationships move to harmony when husbands and wives biblically submit to God as unto the Lord. If you're doing this in the fear of men, it will only be as long as those men are present in your lives, as those people are present in your lives. But if it's in the fear of the Lord, it will continue throughout your life. How many want biblical submission as it were, that comes from maturity through the work of the Spirit of God in your life. Well, we need to ask God to help us with that because we don't have the energy without Him. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.